The reading of Luke chapter 13, 1 through 21. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's 365 Bible study, Lord God. Give us those ears and those hearts and the interest to hear your word, your love in it, Lord. As the word says that you are pregnant, the word is pregnant with you, Lord. Let it be so, Lord. Let there be prosperity in your teaching for us today. We are asking, Lord God, take it to another level and give us the strength to do your revelation knowledge in Jesus' mighty name. And we bless the speakers and the talkers in Jesus' name and the listeners. Amen. It's Luke 13, 22. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Luke 13. Go ahead. Tell me. Where okay. did I? Because this is an enthusiastic phone. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't stop it. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, today. So I hope you're doing a wonderful day, a job. You know, I was telling my uh, wife here that some days uh, the power of God hits me when I start and face the right direction. What's the right direction? So start reading and acknowledging God as I start reading, and then the enthusiasm starts to filter, filter, and come in and come in. We're going in the right direction with the right set of words in the right time in history with the right problems, if you will, by thanking God for the problems, we stand in front of them. By thanking God, we can, when that breaker, that that water, <laughs> that water's coming, the ocean in the waves, we learn how to, how to swim towards it and then do a 360 when we get to the top before it breaks. Amen. And then we have a great time. That's what problems are, folks. We don't let them drown us in the bottom and carry us to the bottom and we swim on top of the situations by God's glory and God's grace. Remember, God's grace is the invisible platform in Jesus' name. Now, I'll give it over to Anna. Thank you, Fernando, for that wonderful prayer and encouragement. Um, Luke chapter 13, 22, 14 to 6. And it says, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on towards Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will, there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from the east and the west and the north and the south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, someone who seems least important now will be the greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be the least important then. At that time, some Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. And Jesus replied, Go tell that fox, 
that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will accomplish my purpose. Amen. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees. And the people were watching him closely. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, Is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then they turned to him and said, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath if your son or your cow falls into a pit? Don't you rush around to get him out again? They could not answer. Amen. Wow, that was a good, good reading. Um, there's a lot here. Thank you so much for this reading, and I appreciate yeah. yeah. Now, let me read the commentary from the Recovery Bible. Okay. It says, Appearances can be deceiving, but God is not full. He knows the real intent of our hearts. We can go to church, teach Sunday school, or sing in the choir, and like the religious hypocrites of Jesus' day, still lack a real relationship with God. Being sincere, not merely religious, is crucial to recovery. God will judge religious hypocrisy, and he will honor honest attempts to obey him and and know him better, no matter how many times we fail. I know I keep saying this, but right here it says, honest attempt. And to obey him, even though to know him better. In other words, I don't understand God. I don't know why I'm supposed to give thanks for this problem. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, and then you start saying, thank you, God, for this problem, even though I don't understand it. Thank you, God, for this washer that doesn't work. That lady, I told her, thank God for your washer. And I went over there, put it down, looked at it. So you got to call a repairman two weeks later. She said, oh, the washer started working. What about the washer that we sold that they said didn't work? And you said, no problem, I'll come get it. I'll give you your money back. You were thanking God right after that. And guess what? They never came back. Something happened. Either got fixed miraculously or something. We have an anointing for washing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're in the wrong business here. Huh? But, but you know, did you hear what she said? The idea is that the enemy tries to instill fear in us. Mm-hmm. And once you, you say, well, God, I'm going to thank you for this situation. It's a shield against fear. Thank yes. you for bringing that up. Yes, you're You gave me reveal that it's a shield against fear. And mm-hmm. we stay in love. Yes. Thanking God wow. for a problem covers it, arrests it, does not let the fear out. I mean, when we, we're talking yesterday, we're talking about 
putting in a new air conditioner on the, right. in the North House. Right. And there's no fear. Right. I said, it's, it, and the more we thank God about it, the more it becomes like $800. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It becomes lower in price. It becomes lower in our imagination. Our acceptance are intact. Yeah. We thank God. I don't understand it. We just had it fixed. Why we have to do it all? Blah, 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 blah. But let's, let's do a thorough job that the thing will last for 10, 15 years. Yes. We thank God. The, the point I'm making is, it says right here that if we're not sincere, thanking God for a, for a situation in obedience, it mm -hmm. keeps bothering you, then you need to thank God and flush it out with yes. thanking God mm -hmm. in your mind, in your soul, in your past problems, in your arson, in your betrayal, in your mutiny of the bound, in the sin. Whatever it is, guys, go in there and thank God like it's a good thing. Yes. Now, I'm going to be get hung for heresy here. <laughs> but thank God and try it. Look, folks, it can't hurt. I mean, it's not going to change anything. You're already in, in a rut. What can it possibly hurt? You know, but take advice. Be obedient. The Bible says over and over again, thank me in all, all things, things, for this is the will of Christ right. Jesus in you. What for is you. Christ Jesus? You're born again. Yeah. The Bible says the most important thing is for you to clear the arteries so you can be saved. If you don't think you're saved, then start thanking God for that feeling. Thank you, God, for how I feel. Feelings is not the truth. Right. Your emotional ego and, and, and anger pride. and so forth Those are has feelings. put barriers in our system, right. you know, trying to protect ourselves. Yeah, and you know, one thing about thanking God is that the solutions on earth are limited. Think about it that way. But heaven's supply is unlimited, and the Lord has millions of angels to send your way for a solution, but he'll... Bring a, like a, a, a dome of peace over you. And like Fernando said, fear, the enemy comes to bring fear into your problem. Like there's no hope, but that's a lie from the devil. You have to tell it to leave your house and you say, no, I'm going to praise the Lord because my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and his glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus already brought it for you. Bye, Christ. Yeah, we well, have to realize your daddy is rich. The benefits. Yeah, there are so many benefits to just relaxing and let heaven bring forth your favor and your solution for your legal issue or your financial issue or your 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 child's issue, whatever it is. I don't know, but your healing issue. There's a supply. Do not be afraid. The Lord says in His Word. I don't know, three hundred and sixty-five times. You know, the first thing should be, I'm not going to fear. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. Beautiful, you, beautiful, you. beautiful. Amen. I'm not going to fear. I'm going to trust Jesus, yeah. folks. It's it's a choice and it's a repetitive decision. Right. And it's a reinforce practice. reinforce it by yeah. thanking God. We heard of a person that died three, three, two or three times. And they said, they came back from heaven and they said, the answer is in the way. The answer is is in the, the solution is in the problem. Yeah, amen. That's what they said. Some, something in that nature, you know. There's a blessing at the end of whatever is And, you know, Anna touched on that. You touched on it by saying millions of angels. You know, we've been at thanking God for 10 years now. A couple of things that God told me. He told me, I need to laugh more. Mm. You're not laughing enough. That's right. 
you know, and then you need to thank God and be like a drunk. <laughs> I got my car in a bummer, you know, I, I got a fender bender. <laughs> Best thing that ever happened, stay in love, stay yes. drunk in love. Yes. He tells us not to fear, but he should also tell us stay in love, right. which, which he does. Staying in love is the goal, folks, for us here. Okay. So, you read... Are you, okay. So, one of the things I, I thought it starts really early in the reading is that, you know, they have a question about, will there only be a few people saved? Okay? And... I just want to sort of get on my, I don't know. I, I The thing is, we have to be careful about what we listen to. Because I've heard this preached a lot. Well, narrow is the gate. Only so many are going to get in. You better, you know, do all these things in order to get in. When Jesus has already done the work. There's fear again. There's fear again. Yes. What are we have? Yeah, get under the teaching of of Jesus and the grace and the new covenant and the inheritance that you're entitled to when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to, you have to receive him by faith, open your heart up to him, let him come in and take your, take over your life and, um, you know, pray and and just seek him. And, and the scripture says, when you seek him, you're going to find him. Okay. So I think I, I just wanted to preface that beginning because it says here, um, he replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom for many will try to enter, but will fail. Okay. So remember we are saved by grace, lest any man should boast according to the book of Ephesians two. Now that, that does mean, well, you know, uh, I'm going to fast for this much time and then I'll get into heaven or I'm going to knock on so many doors and spread the gospel. And then I'll be into heaven. I'm a good person. I'm going to get into heaven. You know, when we're not acknowledging Jesus as that the fact that the Father sent Jesus to to um, die on the cross for you, to be forgiven of your sins, your inequities, your transgressions, your shame, your guilt, your condemnation, all of that, Jesus took it. He came and rose again with a lot of resurrection power. Okay, so now he did the work. You're not going to do the work, but... You know, when you're saved, you're, you're, you know, you're changing your mind towards God. You, you know, you, you're, you're having a, tra- a new person is coming out of you. Um, and it's a much more easier life than it is to be not walking with Jesus. So just think about that for a second is that it does say work hard to enter the kingdom door. But I think uh, Fernando, you and I had a conversation and he said, you know, you worked hard to you have to work hard to remember you've been made righteous. In other words, that's what I think I summed it up. I, I'm summing it up with what you said yesterday. You know, you didn't believe that the Lord had, had already made you holy. And you didn't believe that the Lord sees you as Jesus is. So are you in this world? Those kind of things. So, you know, a lot of the issue uh, starts in the mindset. You know, the enemy starts telling you, oh, look at you. You're still a bad person. You do this, you do that, da, da, da. No, you have to say, I'm covered. Jesus paid the price for my sin. I'm not perfect, but thank you, Jesus. You cover me with your blood. Your blood was shed that I would be forgiven. I receive my righteousness. You got to start bringing the word of the truth into your spirit and your soul so that it it stays in your place of righteousness. And, you, and that's the part I think we have, many of us 
forget when we get born again, we were not discipled properly to believe, you know, that Jesus took care of it. You know, I don't have to pray for seven hours in order to get into the kingdom. And one of the things also, I just want to point out that when the apostle uh, John, you know, the Lord took him up and showed him great and mighty things. And that's Jeremiah. Well, anyway, when a, the apostle went and was taken into the to the heavens in Revelation, it's in there. I don't even know where it is. And I don't know at the moment. But uh, anyways, he took him there and the apostle Paul saw that there were billions of people in there in the kingdom in heaven and he saw that they were all from all corners of the world all nationalities so you know this thing about only few are going to enter narrows the gate because you know what it might be it might be narrow because you're you're thinking i'm going to work for it self-righteousness doesn't get you there reliance on jesus's righteousness does and really the kingdom of god i believe you know, throughout the scriptures, it said the kingdom of God is at hand. When is it at hand? When that person got delivered from a demon, when that person got healed, the kingdom comes down and covers the presence of God comes and, and, and the kingdom is right now, right here. We got to tap into it in love. In love. Yes. Yeah, so, um, don't be afraid. Receive your salvation every day. Remind yourself, Hey, Jesus has taken care of this for me and I stay there. It's his, he's given you the righteousness. You are, he's forgiven you and walk in that victory. Like it's done. Don't, don't go try to find it and get it. Praising God. Yes. And Praising God and thanking him is a is way. Walking in victory and staying in love. Yes. Staying in protective custody with your father yeah. in heaven. Yeah. But I do, I do want to add where it says there, you know, the, when the master's house has locked the door, it'll be too late. You'll stand outside knocking and pleading. Lord, open the door for us. But he'll reply, I don't know you or where you come from. And then you'll say, they'll say, but we ate with you, Lord. And we, 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 you taught us, Lord. Okay, you may have eaten with him. You may have taught him. But did you receive him by faith and receive that he's who he said he was when he came? You know, that's the, did you receive him and believe and, and, and repent and turn your eyes towards God so that your life becomes part of the kingdom? So, you know, we have to we have to be careful to to uh, assume, hey, I'm a good person. I don't lie. I don't commit adultery. That's not the, the father doesn't say, well, if you're a good person, you're going to come into. The, no, he says, believe in my son. Believe in him. That's the that's the sin, unpardonable sin. When you reject the son, you reject the father, you reject the Holy Spirit. So what I'm noticing in these books of these chapters we've been reading over this last week or so, a lot of turn repentance, repent, it's too late, our, our, you know, our days aren't promised, um, don't wait till the door gets shut. Right now we are in that time of the world. Jesus said he won't come until he's reached the four corners of the world or he, you know, till he, the, the gospel is pre preached all over. So you know, don't wait. Don't wait. Just receive. It's a good life. It's a great life. Amen. <clears throat> One of the ways, if you have a hard time uh, repenting or believing, is soften it up by saying, thank you, God, I can't repent. Yeah. Thank you, God, I can't mm. let go. Right. That That's happened to me. Thank you, yeah. God, I can't let I go. Like over that. and over again, and you'll soften the situation, and, yeah. and God will make you see it in a different light. Because you're acknowledging him. You're boiling the situation 
Well, thank you, God. And here's what's going to happen. When you choose to thank God for a problem, you have a vacation. When you choose to thank God for a situation that's eating your lunch, this is where you're going to get. You're going to get, you choose to get good on the side of love. Amen. And you're choosing righteousness. And now you get God's attention. The other way, I am my own God. I am my own selfishness. I am my own greed. I am, I am my own shame. I'm hiding it, you know, from God and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, you, you know, you want to lose your salvation? He goes, deny the common sense that keep knocking on your head, telling you what's right. You know, a lot of us go into excess, you know, we give our money away when we spend. Really, that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to say, hey, just thank me for it. And we'll, we'll, you and I will deal with it. As easy as that. And this is what you're going to get. I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians 13, mm. what love you'll get through the Passion Bible. Okay. It says, All right. Love is large and incredibly patient. Mm. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. Mm -hmm. It refuses to be jealous. When blessing comes to someone else, love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfish seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love joyfully celebrates honesty. <laughs> See, that's why I have a bumper, a fender bender. Oh, Lord, I'm so thankful. And finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is safe place of shelter. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. See, that's where the 12-step program comes in. Elanon AA, we believe the best for ours for an hour. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Amen. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Mm. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love is perfection arrives, that partial will fall away. When you say love, that's the only thing you remember. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child and reason like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries, as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is, is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful price for which you turn. Beautiful. Well said. Amen. And remember, folks, one of the million answers that God has is the tool of thanking God against discouragement, mm. against uh, arson, withdrawal, mm. whatever offense you yeah. do to others or there is done to you. Okay. So... Um Thank you, Fernando. Um, so, anyway, Thank it's you. not too late. Let's go. It, it's a great place to be alive in the kingdom of God, um, where you have unlimited access to solutions and provision and protection. It's so amazing. Um, 
I want to start out also, uh, one of the things that we liked about this reading is that, um, you know, Jesus um, was talking to the Pharisees and they told him, get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas, want, Antipas wants to kill you. And, you know, I love how Jesus replied to him. He says, go tell that fox. And it caused me to chuckle because this is the first time I've seen it in the Bible like this. And what's a, flo- a fox? A fox is sly. He's cunning. He's, he's just an interesting animal. But um, I did look that up yesterday and I thought to myself, what does that mean? And um, Jesus was referring to the Pharisees as a, let me, let me just see, the symbol of the fox when I looked it up. Let's see here, animals. Um, it's, let me just pull that up because I thought it was significant. It said, in a, ne- a negative context of that is that a fox could represent secret sins, the craftiness of man or enemies of the cross. Dreaming of a fox could indicate skill for evil, desolation, crying in the night, and divining prophets, divining prophets. A fox may represent a stealer or attacker of sheep, God's people. So that's what the Pharisees represented. They, you know, they didn't allow the people of, you know, who the sheep to come in or, you know, in their preaching and teaching ways, it was all about the law. And yes, that's the law was then, but at the same time, they deprived the people and um, it, and that's kind of important. So anyway, uh, it's go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way for it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. So, you know, really... Um, Jesus is, 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 he's walking in his purpose. He knows what it is. He's not going to stop. Nothing's going to get in the way of him getting to accomplish the work that the father sent him to do to save us. But, um, you know, the next verse says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hand protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look at your houses abandoned and you will never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the the name of the Lord. Now, you know, Jesus came for the, to save Jerusalem and save the Jewish people. And then, you know, they weren't, didn't receive him. So that opened the door to the Gentiles. But, you know, um, he does, you know, weep for those that aren't, you know, receiving the, the, you know, the truth about him and what he did to die on the cross for all of us. It said, you know, John three sixteen is a great scripture where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that all who believe in him should not perish, but receive eternal life. So when you think of it that way, it's like God loves everybody. God is, he's a good God. He's a good father. And, um, you know, he weeps and he's, he's got the, the, the humanist because he came down his flesh and he and it saddens him to see that people aren't receiving the truth about him and his finished work you know he wants everyone he wants no one to perish and so 
the one thing about Jerusalem is that they killed the prophets and they stoned the messengers. So I, I think that's why it says, I must proceed on my way for it wouldn't do it for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem and how he longs to take us under his wing. You know, uh, the people that don't believe him, how he longs to protect us. It's, it's a, it's a, it's wonderful to see her, to hear him, you know, how he wants to gather everyone and protect them. And it's just, you know, anyway, um, I love that scripture. Okay. And it just closes out here in this, um, about him, you know, he kind of hung around the Pharisees too. He hung around everybody, but what the Pharisees, especially, he really did know what they were thinking. He called them out on that. And in this paragraph here about, uh, he, he went on a Sabbath day to, to eat dinner at the, one of the leader or the Pharisees. And they always watched him real close to see what he was doing. Um, and they <clears throat> it said, there was a man whose arms and legs were swollen. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? And, and they didn't answer him. Why not? They refused to answer. Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then they turned to him and said, which uh, then he turned to the Pharisees and said to them, which of you uh, doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they didn't answer him. And my only thought on why they didn't answer him is now they would be agreeing with them. And that's, that's the last thing they wanted to do was agree that the father had sent him and that he, he had the same power as God and to acknowledge that he was the Messiah. They wanted to stay in the comfortable state of the law, not realizing that the Messiah was right in front of them. Oh my goodness. So that's, I think that's why they didn't want to acknowledge that he was, you know, sent by God and that he was the Messiah. And I just, wow. Anyway, um, I also noticed that when Jesus is healing, a lot of the, the scriptures we're reading is he healed people a lot on the Sabbath. So it kind of like he did it kind of to determine where the Pharisees' hearts were and to point that out, that the lack of compassion. And wow, this is a human being. This woman of Abraham that we read in the last chapter, ought not this woman being a child of Abraham be loose from the spirit of infirmity? You know, I mean, gosh, if I would just put myself in their place, if I was to see that a little, wow, Lord, you healed her. She's been in pain for 18 years what power. I would just be astonished at the miracles and that Jesus was showing them. And yet they failed to believe, you know, and sometimes what happens is God is doing a lot of miracles in our lives, right? He is doing um, small miracles in the middle miracles and huge miracles. You know, we got to just be excited about that. And just even when it's a smallest miracle, know that God is in it and working on your behalf. And he just wants to open our eyes, you know, and take us from faith to faith, you know, in our situations. And sometimes trials are meant to, to, to increase our faith levels. So, you know, that's why we got to stay on the side of faith, latch on to Jesus's faith when you don't have any, you know, by just thanking him and praising him for who he is and his power 
to solve the problems that you need here on the earth. And that keeps you in a peaceful level. That keeps you your eyes on Jesus and not the problem. Keeping your eyes on a problem will continue to keep you there, you know. And anyway, he's a good God. And I just want to say that and just just praise him. Write down all the miracles that he's ever done for you and just thank him. Remembering he's going to do it again for you. I, I just, anyway, I'll, we'll go on and we'll just read the Psalms now. Uh, Psalm 79, 1 to 13. It says, pray Psalm 79 on behalf of believers around the world who are facing imprisonment and death. 